All right, welcome everybody to the inaugural Likute Maharan Shir. My name is Rabbi Ari Wolby. I live here in Houston, Texas, and I'm out of the Torch Center. And it is a huge privilege and an honor to have my dear, dear friend and Rebbe, uh, Rabbi Laser Brody, coming all the way from Ashdod live and teaching us the great teachings of Rabbi Nachman in Likute Maharan. Uh, for me, it's going to be my first time learning through the uh, the teachings of Rabbi Nachman in Likute Maharan. And I'm extremely excited to hear and to learn together with everyone else, together with our Rebbe, Rabbi Laser Brody. So without any further ado, Rabbi Laser Brody. Thank you so much, Rabbi Ale, beloved brother and partner in mitzvah, Baruch Hashem. It's a privilege to be with Torch. It's a privilege to cooperate with Torch. It's a privilege to do everything that Torch does. And it's funny that uh, Torch is a play on words because uh, Rabbi Nachman says that his fire, his torch, will burn until the coming of Mashiach. And that's if we're right here on torch in Bul Hashem. And uh, we, in Breslover tradition, Rabbi Nachman decides exactly what uh, who's going to be the hostel that he stays in. And uh, Bul Hashem, thank you for the privilege. And we pray to Hashem that everything we say should be emes, it should be truth, and we shouldn't veer to the right and left from uh, the Baal Shem Tov tradition, Rabbi Nachman's tradition, as we received it by pupil after pupil after pupil. Uh, I had the privilege of receiving Rabbi Nachman's teachings from Rabbi Avram Weitzhandler. He was a rabbi, I don't know who he passed at a young age, at 48. He was a Talmud of Rabbi Yetzchuk Binder. He's the book, the eight volumes he put it together. And he had the Masora, and he's one that brought me close to Breslev and, and taught me the ins and outs of Likotei Moran. And Ezrat Hashem, I'm going to give a brief introduction into Rebbe Nachman to Likotei Moran, so nowhere to accomplish. I always say it like this, is something, Rebbe Nachman, we will learn in this Torah that you have to learn from everything in life to observe everything in life. And you don't throw your past experiences away. There's one thing about... Uh, when a soldier goes on a mission in the army, he has to know, okay, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? What's your job right now? What's your job? Your job, not somebody else's job. What do you want to accomplish? Where's your goal? This is exactly what we have to ask ourselves because serving Hashem, it's like a war. Rabbi Nachman writes it all through Likate Moran. We are fighting tooth and nail against the evil inclination that wants to do everything in his power to keep us away from Hashem. Rabbi Nachman says that the challenge will be so difficult as we come closer to the Mashiach, that gaining Imuna will be like climbing a glass wall, <laughs> the glass panes in the back, climbing a glass wall with your fingernails. And that's how difficult it's going to be Imuna. So we have so many forces in modern society that are trying to tell us that chalk uh, against Torah and against the Shem Chas Fisholem, but no, that's, uh, they all come and go and, and we're still here. Okay, so Rabbi Nachman, in Breslover tradition, we have the five tzaddikim that have the aspect of Moses. What's the aspect of Moses? Moses, as last week, just a week ago, it was Shavuot. We celebrated the reception of the Torah on Mount Sinai. Moses brought down the written Torah on Mount Sinai. And then Moses passed his neshama, a torch. Because the, the, King Solomon calls it neshama torch. It says, Ne'er Hashem nishmas Adam, that the candle of Hashem or the torch of Hashem is that human soul. So the soul never dies. It goes from one, it comes, it gives another body, another body, until it has a job to do. Moses, and that's why the Gemara, when the Gemara talks that the greater the, the greater the generation, the Gemara calls him Moses. Okay, Moses is a nickname in the Gemara for the greater the generation. So Moses, who brought down the written Torah, passed on his soul to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, we celebrated his Elul on Lagba Omer, his Yurtzeit, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai brought down the esoteric Torah. That's the Zohar, the basis of Kabbalah. And then Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, he wasn't finished. He passed the soul of Moses on to the holy Arizal. What did Arizal bring down? He brought down the Torah of Kabbalah. Kabbalah comes from the Arizal. The Arizal, he's not finished. He passed the to this soul, this torch of Moses. It's like a relay race, passing the torch. And he passed it on to the Baal Shem Tov. The nuance of the Baal Shem Tov was the Torah of Hasidus. He brought down the Torah of Hasidus. Up till then, the Baal Shem Tov told 
a simple person. Until the Baal Shem Tov's time, Torah was elitist. The, the Judaism was elitist. There were maybe 2% Torah scholars and 98% hard laborers and, and what they call in Yiddish, Vasetregers, schlepping water and, and wood choppers. And there was the elite. No, Baal Shem Tov says, every one of us is an elite. Every one of us is elite. And so Baal Shem Tov brought the Torah to everyone, that everyone could go to Hashem. It's not, Torah is not elitist. It's very egalitarian. And because every neshama get closer. This is a theme all through Likutei Moran. One thing that Rebbe Nachman, it's it's like a kaleidoscope. We will see that no matter what spiritual level you are, Rebbe Nachman talked to you. Even a person never learned Gemara Kabbalah understands one way for his soul or his or her soul. A person is steep in Gemara, sees something else. A person is steep in Gemara Kabbalah, sees something else. It's like a kaleidoscope. You see whatever uh, you can on your level. Okay, so you're not competing against anyone else in this learning, but you're competing against yourself. It's yourself and your own war you have inside you. Your evil inclination is your Esau's angel. But it's not Esau's angel, it's Alan's angel, and it's Angela's angel, and it's David's angel, and it's Elchanan's angel, and it's Eric's angel, and Fira's angel. You all have your each individual angel that you're fighting against that wants to keep you away from Hashem. Why? Because when you get close to Shem, this is your mission on earth. This is your mission on earth. It's particular details of your mission varies from person to person. But overall, in this generation, we're all here to learn a moon to get close to Hashem. So Rabbi Natan, he, he will explain soon. We'll give a very short introduction because to learn his introduction in death, it would take a lot of weeks. Don't want to be bogged down on that. Okay, but we go. The Baal Shem Tov brought the Torah of Hasidus, and he passed it on to the fifth torch carrier, which is Rebbe Nachman. Rebbe Nachman was the great-grandson of Baal Shem Tov. And Rebbe Nachman says, my fire shall burn until the coming of Mashiach. What did he mean? The torch. He's carrying it. He's going to carry this torch. It's coming of Mashiach. What did Rebbe Nachman bring us? Rebbe Nachman brought us the Torah of Emunah, that the exact the nuances, not exactly nuance. Rebbe Nachman says there's no nuance. It's all, everything he says, it's in the Torah, it's in Kabbalah, it's in the Midrash, all through the holy books. But People didn't get there. He brought this to the forefront, to our eye level, to show us how to get close to Hashem. For example, the fact of personal prayer, he pulled a dude. Personal prayer is teaching Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Nachman's definition of emunah, not just we say emunah, faith, that you can have your own personal relationship with the Almighty. Wow, that's great. There's nothing more gratifying. As soon as a person has his or her own personal relationship with Almighty is Rabbi Dalman teaches. We'll be learning this as we go on. And it's all through this theme that permeates all of Likute Moran. You're happy. You're happy. And even when you have challenging situations, you're connected to the Almighty and you share your challenge. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're never alone. And this is the greatest, greatest feeling in the world when you feel that someone is with you always and you're always protected. Okay, so that's the five, once again, you want to review the five souls of Moses. Moses himself, then Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and he brought the Torah of the Zohar, the Esoteric Torah, and then the Arizal, the Torah of Kabbalah, and then the Baal Shem Tov, the Torah of Hasidus, and Rabbi Nachman, which is a Torah of Emunah, and this is what we're learning in Likutei Moran. Okay, so now, in the introduction, Rabbi Natan, he explains what Rabbi Nachman wants to accomplish. Now, many people, Many people look at Rabbi Nachman's teachings and, and their living room teachings, coffee, coffee house teachings. They're not living room teachings, not coffee house teachings. Our entire purpose in these lessons are to get closer to Hashem, to strengthen ourselves in Amuna and to get closer to Hashem. And Rabbi Nachman is the doctor of the soul. He's the one that needs to strengthen our souls, strengthen ourselves. A person wants a, uh, wants to strengthen his body, go to a, a, a trainer, a physical therapist. That Rabbi Nachman is a, is, a, is a neshama therapist. He's the best neshama trainer that could ever be. And this is where we're going to strengthen our souls. Okay, so Rabbi Nathan explains that there are three things that we learn in Likutei Moran. We go in the introduction. I'm going to translate this from Hebrew. I want to say this in Rabbi Nathan's own words, and I'll translate it. He talks about all of Likutei Moran. He says, Kulam Kechad. All of Rabbi Nachman's teachings, this wonderful, wonderful advice, how to get close to Hashem Yidbarach. 
This, cherished friends, is our mission, getting close to Hashem. This is the declared intent of Rabbi Nachman, as Rabbi Nathan brought it down. How to get closer to Hashem. He says, there is nothing lacking to learn every single mitzvah, every bit of holiness, every bit of every good advice for the soul that is needed by any person in the world, any person in the world. This is Rabbi Nachman's license that the whole world can learn his Torah. Okay. And on any spiritual level. So it doesn't matter if a person is a what level is in Israel, America, Vietnam, Cambodia, Uganda, lower Mesopotamia. It doesn't matter where the person is. Rabbi Nachman, if he'll listen to Rabbi Nachman's advice, he'll get close to Hashem and he'll be happier. Okay. He says, And this awesome, awesome book, there's no advice for no person in the world to getting closer to Hashem that is not mentioned in this book. So this is where we're going. Okay, so we learned the who, that's Rabbi Nachman, and the why is getting close to Hashem. Now that we know what we're going to do, let's get into Likotei Moran. Hashem should help us and it should be a big blessing. Rabbi Nachman starts Torah Aleph. If you have your printout, you can follow your printout. And the Torah Aleph, Rabbi Nachman starts out with a passage of Psalm 119. And it's a significant passage because in this passage, it's Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman's entire teachings are encapsulated in this passage. Rabbi Nachman has a later teaching. He says, He says, there is an aspect in Torah where something small holds something very big. And here we have one passage holds Rabbi Nachman's Torah. Would you see, we could do, we could do four weeks just on this one passage. The passage on Psalm 119, it's the first passage in Psalm 118. Psalm 118 is the longest psalm in all of uh, in all of the, the, the book of Psalms. It has 177 verses, 177 verses according to the Olive Base, each one of the Olive Base. Uh, 176, it's tractate Baba Basra is the longest tractate in the Gemara that has 177 pages. Okay. In simple translation, by the way, I would translate according to Pshat, according to Rabbi Nachman's intent. This is not a Ben Yehuda, a Google translation. A Google translation would be fortunate are the people that walk the perfect path, okay? That they walk in the way of Hashem. That's the Google translation. The proper translation will say, Ashrei, you have to take one, one, Ashrei, fortunate. But Ashrei, Rabbi Nachman, has deep intent with this. Ashrei, we'll see at the end of Torah Aleph, that Ashrei comes from the root word shul, means look, observe. So Ashrei also means fortunate, what he said, but happy. This is the key to happiness. Open our eyes. How many people never open their eyes? Rabbi Nachman once looked at a young man who was running to make money. He says, slow down, young man. Did you look at the sun today? Did, did, you, did you look at the blue sky? Look up at the sky. People go through, and especially nowadays, with the kifosis, they're walking with their necks down. Look, I can't see people. You don't see their faces. They're all with the smartphones in the street. I think smart, speaking on a phone, that's something intimate. We don't eat sandwiches. And, and let's see this. We don't eat, we don't eat while we walk down the street. People eat when, on the, like on the boardwalk or walking down the sidewalk. No. Eating is at home. You make a blessing. Eat on the table. And I, I particularly, I don't think uh, conversing is something. It's something should be in you know, the whole privacy of your home, privacy of your office. Why everyone in the street? And sometimes you people think they look like at Google. They go out that the big, uh, this big Bluetooth in their ear. When I first started going with my, I had hearing aids. I said I had hearing difficulties. It was left over from my army days. And as I get older, they were getting more acute. And I was a little bit self conscious about the hearing aids. And somebody said, they said, what are you self-conscious about the hearing aids? Look, people have the, they have Bluetooth the size of Howard cannons in their ear, and you've got these little hearing aids that no one sees. <laughs> you don't have to be kind of it. But you see people walking with the, with the telephones, and they're down there. First of all, it's dangerous. You have to protect your soul. They don't know what looking across the street. And one thing is drivers, the one eye on the road, one end the cell phone, and you need two eyes on the road and two hands on the wheel. Okay, so it, it's a dangerous thing. But I mean, says, look. How much in life 
that people miss when they don't observe. So when you observe and you observe the beauty in Hashem's world, especially now, today's the 1st of June, it's a beautiful season wherever you go. And it, Weather's nice, and there's the flowers, and the water getting warm. Okay, open your eyes, and you'll be happy. So you open your eyes, and Rabbi Nachman says, Tmimei derech. Rabbeinu Yonah says, Tmimei derech. Tmimei derech. Tmimus means something, perfection. That people, Rabbeinu Yonah translates this as perfect midas. A person goes Tmimei derech. And Rabbeinu Yonah says, Rabbi, the, the, the King David alluded to this in the very first psalm. Okay, when he says, uh, it, it says about the derech tzaddikim, he said derech tzaddikim mentions that the way of the tzaddik, the way of righteous people, the way of righteous people, what's the way of righteous people? Rabbi Nachman says right here, this is the path of perfection, but not only perfection. Rabbi Nachman, he has his own definition of tmimus, that we'll see this, Hashem should help us, so we'll be able to learn all of Likotei Moran, and we get to the second part in Torah 19, this is one of Rabbi Nachman's hallmark teachings that a person should serve Hashem with simplicity and with innocence. When a person innocent, like innocent as a baby, innocent baby, a baby doesn't have sin. A baby is white. Babies, they, they, they smell, they smell wonderful. Even if they soil their diaper, they still smell good. Their skin, because they don't have sin. What gives a person a, a bad odor is a, a, a sinner. When a person transgresses, person does good deeds it, it gives up spiritually he has he gets a a scent of of heaven on him and walks around with with a scent of heaven and and this is this is the beneficial beneficial thing of serving shim so rabbi nachman says it's the innocent path now rabbi nachman says innocence doesn't mean stupidity when somebody says you're innocent naive that's not naive innocence means that despite all the garbage in the world this is the opposite of what David in London calls the highbrows, the highbrows. They're the ones with the chokmas. They're the ones with the, 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 the intelligent. They don't, if they don't use a seven-syllable word, then it's not a lecture. No. The proper things that we learn are understandable, comprehensible. And this is why Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman's teachings, they're comprehensible to a person on any level. It doesn't matter because it says them simply. Now, you can delve in deeper and deeper and deeper, but... This is what this is simply what King Solomon says, that the words of the wise, they're given over pleasantly. Pleasantly is simple. Pleasantly is simplicity. Pleasant is not complicated. Things are complicated, not pleasant. They upset, they upset the soul. Things that are simple are, are pleasing to the soul. Okay. I'd say this is a Tmimeidirch, people that walk, Rabbi Nachman is talking about happy are people that walk. The innocent path, the innocent path of Torah, it means that they don't ask what's politically correct. Political correctness is the opposite. They don't ask what, uh, you know, they, they, they're afraid. They, they said the Torah, okay, they said the, the Torah says that this is forbidden, but oh no, that uh, and, and today in Jerusalem, uh, they're, they're having a, a gay parade. If you don't support that, then you're a, you're a phobo, you've got phobia. And you come on, come on. I don't care about what's written in Torah. What's written in the Torah? And this is, we don't care. This is simplicity. And simplicity, because you know what? Hashem is utterly simple. Hashem is utterly simple. The soul, which is a tiny part of Hashem, is utterly simple. Okay. King David says about the words of Torah. And Rabbi Nachman now says, that the happy are the people that walk on the innocent path that go in the path of Hashem, that walk in the path of Torah, walk in the path of Torah. Where do we learn this? We learn this. Rabbi Nachman took this right out of Torah. It's the last parsha in in Vayikra and Bechukotai. In Bechukotai telechu. If you walk in my laws, and Rashi right there says, they should be busy in Torah, be walking in Torah. So what does Rabbi Nachman say? You're happy if you're holchim betuat Hashem. It's not, once again, it's not parlor room Torah, and it's not parlor room conversation, and it's not coffee house intelligentsia. Okay, it's simplicity of getting close to Hashem, the simplicity of the truth of Torah. And King David tells us, Pekude Hashem yesharim mesamche lev. Funny, Rabbi Nachman, 
He's a descendant of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov was a descendant of King David. King David, King David was till the Baal Shem Tov, Rabbi Nob, the greatest doctor the soul ever lived. He says that the words of Torah are straight, are straight. They're like the soul. The soul is straight. Hashem, but what's it, what do we say about something that's not true? It's crooked. Hashem is so straight. Hashem's name is truth. Truth is straight. It's simplicity. Hashem's color is white. Utter purity. Utter simplicity. Utter simplicity. Not complicated. As soon as we have things that are complicated and pseudo-intellectual and six and seven syllable words, it's not Hashem. It's not Hashem. It's a person on an ego trip and trying to show that he knows something. And people talk confusing because they don't have anything to say. But you can see the greatest Torah minds. You heard Rabbi Ovadia Yosef, that he was the, the greatest poisek of this, the previous generation, greatest farty poisek, and maybe of, of, of one of the greatest of all times. A lecture from Rabbi Ovadia was so clear. It was so crystal clear. Go right into Yeshama. Okay, and he could have, he, he, knew, he knew Kabbalah by heart. He used to learn Kabbalah with the Belzerov at midnight. And a lot of people don't know this. The Belzer, the Belzer Rebbe was, it was the Kabbalah Chavrus of, of uh, Rebovadia. And Rebovadia would learn the Ritual Torah all day long. He knew it on the back of his hand, the whole Torah on the back of his hand. He could read all of Gemara, Shulchan Arch, and, and, and the Kabbalah on the back of his hand. And he had 58,000 books on his wall, and he knew them all. He knew them all. And this is something I saw with my own eyes. And it's so simple. So simple. This is Rabbeinu Reb Nachman. Reb says, Rabbi Nachman wants us to walk in the path of Hashem. It's not to sit down and to have an intellectual exercise. Oh, how nice it is for the neshama to have a discourse. No, 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 no. Set aside time today and speak to Hashem. This is what you got to do. This is very simple, right? To the intravenous, to the neshama, right? To the vein, to the neshama. Okay, so that happy are the people that walk the innocent path, and they walk in the path of Hashem, the Torah, Hashem's Torah, walk in the path of Hashem's Torah. Okay, that, Rabbeinu, he gives us our marching orders from Psalm 119, and now we start with Likutem Moran in Rabbi Nachman's writings. Rabbi Nachman starts with the first word, and I get chills up my spine. He says, da, da, da. Means no, you should know, like know full well. Da, for the word yeda, to know. Da, da. If you ever seen a mezuzah, if you look at a mezuzah, the mezuzah is written Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Shema is Shin Mem Ayin. The Ayin of Shema is written four times bigger than the other letters. And Hashem Echad, the one hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Dalid of Echad is also four times bigger. So if you take the two oversized letters, you got Ad, and that's infinity, infinity, that the, the Hashem is here forever. And if you turn them around, you get Da, that this Hashem's infinite, this Hashem's omniscience, and Hashem's infinity, that infinity. This is Rabbi Nachman. He takes in one word, he gives us the secret of the Almighty. That the Hashem is, is omniscient. Whatever we learn in Hashem's Torah, forget about this money in the bank. That's it. You're, you're free, home free. Any single word we learn in Torah, it is success for, for forever and ever. It's a success for the neshama forever and ever. Okay. So Rabbi Nachman says, duh, whenever he says something, that this is an intrinsic truth that goes through all of Torah, goes through any, all of our life, he says, duh. This is not the only place we're going to see this in Likotei Moran. But when Rabbi Zabot says, da, stand up and listen. We stand up and listen to every word he says, but this is especially. Okay, he says, da. He says, by way of the Torah, that all our requests and all our prayers are received. What's the difference between a tefillah, a prayer, and a bakasha, a request? If you look at the Shemona the first three blessings and the last three blessings of the Shemana Yisrael, they're tefillot, that we praise Hashem, we bless Hashem. And we started with, for, for example, you go, go into the king and you say nice things to the king before you ask for what you want. Bakashot are our own personal requests. We ask for our good health. 
and we ask for our sense. We ask for our ability to learn Torah. We ask for whatever we want to ask for. We ask for our, our parnasa. We ask for our soulmates. We ask for uh, Mashiach. We ask for a rebuilt holy temple. We ask for everything we ask for. These are bakshot. And even our personal prayer is the same thing. We have our tefillot and have our bakashot. Okay. And Rabbi Nachman says that's the noun. She'anu mevakshim u'mitpalalim. He said, why, why would why Rabbi Nachman have to double this up? Double, he says to do a double language. That He says, by way of the Torah, we learn that our prayers and our requests that we pray for and that we ask for are accepted. Because Rabbi Nachman says, hey, don't go to sleep and it's not an automatic pilot. He's giving us something very, very, this is, but people don't pay attention. They, they learn, they fly by and look what on. Rabbi Nachman says, a prayer, you have to pray for it. And a request, you have to ask for it. Then people come, that I hear this all the time. Rabbi, where's this? Where's that? Where's my parnasa? Where's my soulmate? Excuse me, did you ask Hashem for a soulmate? Did you ask Hashem for a new job? Did you ask Hashem for your health? You're running around to the doctors, you're running around to the lawyers, you're around to CPA. Did you ask Hashem? What's that got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it. Hashem is the first and only address. And as soon as a person realizes that Ani Hashem that Hashem is our physician, okay, sometimes we have to do our hishtadlis, we have to make effort. Uh, we wrote about this in our book, Bitachon, about what, depending on a person's individual spiritual level, the higher the spiritual level, then the less ishtadlet, the less effort he has to do. And the lower the spiritual level, the more he's got to break his head against the wall. If a person is on a very high spiritual level, Rabbi Nachman, he would go to doctor, he would pray, pray to Shem, and pray to Shem. Once he was deathly sick, so he, he went to a doctor. This Rabbi Nathan and, and his wife, and everybody, they sent to a doctor in Limber. But pray for it. We have to, Shem, we, first of all, we have to exhaust our spiritual options. And when we see that our, our parents say sometimes we have to do ishtadlis, do the next next step. So we have to, you can't have a prayer without praying. You can't have a request without requesting. Not only that, Rabbi Nachman is teaching us something very, very central here. Rabbi Nachman says we have to pray for everything and said we have to request everything. Everything in Hashem. There's a story. Rabbi Nathan once came in to the synagogue and Rabbi Nathan was lacking a button. Okay. And uh, Rabbi, Na- Rabbi Nachman says, uh, Nathan, he says, you look like a schlumper. You look so- slovenly. That's not proper. You're a Talmud Chacham and, and, and you're a rabbi. And with the way you look, this is a reflection of Torah. You should be looking good. So why don't have a button? And, and he said, Rabbi, Rabbi Nathan says, he says, to, to this extent, this, I, I need to ask for, for a button? And Rabbi Nachman says, Nathan, a button is something too big or too small to ask for. We need to ask Hashem for everything. Why did Rabbi Nachman teach us that? We ask Hashem for everything, and then when we get something, we don't think it's the might of our right hand. When a person gets something without prayer, then he or she is liable to think, well, this is my prowess, this is my ability, whatever. Now, no, we ask Hashem for everything. And this is why Rabbi Nachman doubles on the language. All the prayers and all the requests that we pray for and that we ask for. Now, we go to the next step. This is really, this is like today's newspaper. What happens as soon as we learn Torah? And Rabbi Nachman gave us a tip. Let's go with this, this first this first sense. By way of our Torah that we pray for, our Torah fuels the prayers and the requests that we pray for and that we request. And this is the prestige of Israel, the importance of Israel, the Jewish people. And this enables our prayers to be answered even not for other people, not for the Shem. We have, we invoke divine favor. And when a person has favor, it's called chen. We'll learn about this more in a moment. Uh, then 
someone finds favor, finds favor in your eyes. It's, it's appealing. It makes it appealing. And a person will readily give you what, what you want. Okay. So by learning Torah, imagine that our prayer is a fuselage of an airplane. That fuselage of the airplane can't get off the runway. Inside the airplane, what you don't see is an engine. It's a jet engine. The jet engine is the Torah. By learning the Torah, Torah is the fuel that fuels that jet engine. By learning Torah, this gives power to the engine to run down the one way and take off. That our, our tefillot, our prayers, and our requests, they go up. This is like an airplane. This is, this, it gives it power to the airplane to take off. And this is what Rabbi Nachman is teaching us. And some people, they hold it. He said that some people think that maybe you have someone in, in Yeshiva and Koilil that, that thinks he's an intellectual and he's a big Torah scholar. Uh-uh, that doesn't cut it. Because Rabbi Nachman first told, gave us that Psalm 119, that we walk in the way of Torah. It's not just sit by your desk or sit by your standard in the way of Torah. Do you walk in the way of Torah? Do you do business fairly? Are you smile at people? Do you do, you don't get angry? You don't do anything to insult another human being. You act cordially to other people. This is old with there's so many that some of the half of the mitzvahs are between man and fellow man, the other half are between man and the Almighty. But a person that walks in the way of Torah, he lives his Torah. And when a person learns Torah to live his Torah, this is the real Torah. And this is the Torah that we learn that gives the power to fuel our prayers and our requests. Okay, everyone on whatever level they are, whatever level they are, that they, they learn what you need to learn. For example, uh, there, there are plenty of you. In a moon hour, we're learning the, now the Noahide laws. Uh, there's so much to learn, the Noahide laws. So much to learn, Noahide laws. And Noahide... Now, Noahide doesn't have to learn the laws of, of kashrus. He has to learn the laws of Noahide laws about all the, the precepts that bit not to not to murder and, and not to steal and and, and what, what, what what real emuna emuna is for what Rabbi Rabbi Natan wrote here in the beginning. It's for, for, for the people all all over the universe, and that's why Rabbi Nachman's teachings for people all over the universe. Okay, so we all have to learn emuna. Everybody learns emuna. Okay, so you have to learn. We learn what we need to learn. But this is everyone on his or her particular spiritual level. By learning what you have to learn on your level, this gives fuel to your prayers to be received and prayers accepted. Both your spiritual prayers and your material prayers. Because we say, if there's no flower, there's no Torah. A person can't, can't learn Torah in an empty stomach. But we got a problem. We got a problem. The next paragraph, Kiachshav, now. When Rabbi Nachman says now, this is now just as fresh as the now it was in uh, the late 1790s when he wrote this Torah. That because of our sins now, the entire prestige of the Jewish people, it just plots, it, it fell. It's like a, a balloon that, that bursted. Why? What's going on? It's not just talking about, we're not talking about Jews and non-Jews. We're talking about the world of Torah and the world non-Torah. You see this? This is news right here in Israel. In Israel, there's a, a culture war, a culture war where the, the secular culture is bombarding the Torah culture. And the Torah culture is, is fighting for its life. Because the Torah culture to, today in, in Israel to be that they they call they call the Hasidim and they call us blacks like like blacks in a, in Selma Alabama in the 1950s because we wear black coats and they, they, they you know the, the blacks but they, they're very similar this the prestige the prestige of uh, in, in the general populace you see the the secular media. It's full of venom. It's full of venom that, that against the uh, against p- people learn Torah, against the Torah society, and fighting for life. What went on? What's going on here? And this is we're talking about uh, secular Jews against other Jews. This is crazy. This is crazy. If someone would say that and write something like that in a in a newspaper, 
in, in the United States or in, in Britain, they call him a tremendous anti-Semite, but everything on the Israeli media, it all goes. And Rabbi Nachman is saying this right here. He says that uh, the chen, the chashivut, the prestige and the importance of the world of Torah, it could be false. Why? Ikar chashivut, the chen, what's lam? The charm is by them. Oh, what's the big thing? Are you working high tech? The high tech. And so many things, even within our society, the Torah society, uh, there's the weak side of the camp is looking outside, think maybe something in the outside world is better. <laughs> Someone like me that I came from the outside world uh, and, and been there, done that. And I've been, been, been in university plenty of years and been in yeshiva. And what you learn in a half a year of yeshiva is a lot more than you learn in a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. <laughs> a lot of facts, but to think Yeshiva teaches you to think. Torah teaches you to think. Torah affects your neshama. Which Rabbeinu Yonah said in his interpretation of Psalm 119 that we learned at the very beginning, that this is the Torah perfects a person's character. That's to me made derech. That's the, the ashray. Happy is the person that's learned Torah to the extent that he's corrected his character. What does it mean to correct your character? You don't get angry anymore. You humble. This week's Parsha, and, and, and outside of Israel, uh, this week we're on Baha'u'llah, but outside of Israel, you're on Nasa. There's going to be a few weeks where it's a disparage, uh, where one Parsha out of outside. But this week in Israel, Baha'u'llah, and this week's Parsha says that Moses was the most humble man who ever walked the face of the earth. Because Moses, he was close to Moses, received Torah. Moses was a Torah, and Moses was so close to Hashem. So the more a person is humble, Imagine that a person's ego is an iron curtain that blocks out divine light. And the more a person breaks down that iron curtain, the more he or she can imbibe divine light. And the more you imbibe divine light, the more you reflect that divine light. And the more you reflect that divine light, the more you have chen and the more you have favor, you have charm. Chen. That's what Rebbe Nachman is talking about right here. And because as a whole, so our, our society as a whole has gone away from Torah values. And they think that uh, high tech is the big thing. The high tech and Torah values, I look at my, my shelf, the books, uh, uh, some books are 10 years old, some books are 50 years old, some books are 100 years old, some books are 1,000 years old. They're all true and true and true and true. Look on a high tech engineer. He doesn't have a book on there that's more than 18 months old because it all it all goes. And that's why we respect previous generations. We want to get closer to previous generations because they're closer to Mount Sinai. But uh, somebody in high tech, previous generation, they're primitive. They don't want to get done. They think they know everything, but they don't know. And this is the same person with uh, the iPhone 7 or 8 or 9 or 10. I don't know what they're up to now. And with the kyphosis and thinks, he's, sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. If uh, you don't know the constellations in the sky, you don't know the color of the sky. And uh, you can explain to me how photosynthesis works. No, no, sorry. Take your high tech and, and we, we love the world. All right. So the more we get into Torah and we get into Torah, that we live our Torah, the more we invoke charm on ourselves and the more our words are received. And we'll see this right now. Okay. So we said, Rabbi Nachman says, because the charm has fallen away from us, there's no void in spirituality. If the charm falls away from the Torah world, it goes somewhere and it goes into the high tech world, goes into the, the modern world, to the secular world. Rabbi Nachman says, this is right there. Rabbi Nachman, he knew, and that's why Rabbi Nachman said, my fire is going to burn until Mashiach. He knew exactly what would happen until Mashiach comes. He tells us right there. Okay. Now, when we go back to learning that Torah in order to perfect our character and in order to practice what we learn, in order to implement in our lives what we learn and to walk in those ways of, of, of Torah, then, wow, th th this is, this is, uh, this is bringing, bringing back the chain, the bringing back the favor and bringing back the prestige of Am Yisrael. Imagine that when was Am Yisrael had the greatest prestige at the time of the Holy Temple, when King Solomon, all the world would come and want to hear King Solomon's wisdom. And King Solomon with all the, all the uh, 
the money in the world that people, everybody wanted to donate to the, to the Holy Temple and they all came. Everybody went. This was the attraction. The wonder of the world was the Holy Temple. And that was the height of the charm because everybody was learning Torah. Everybody was learning Torah. So this is what the Torah is. What did King Solomon call the Torah? He calls it Ayelet Ahavim V'ya'alat Chen. You look at the Judean desert, there is a beautiful animal. It's called the Ya'el. In English, I think it's the Ibex. Ibex, Ya'el. And you could see, especially in the Negev, you go in the Negev desert, and you see it early in the morning. You see them walking on the cliffs. They've got the most unbelievable balance. And the Gomorrah talks about a lot of the... Uh, uh, a lot of the miracles with the, they had to, had to give birth on the side of a cliff. And Job talks about that. It's uh, unbelievable. And it's a beautiful, 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 majestic animal. And so the Torah looks like this beautiful, majestic animal, a yelet ahavim, a fawn of love, and yael, a, a female ibex, a favor, yalat chen. But Rabbi Nachman is using a play on words. He's using this proverb from King Solomon as a play on words, Ya'alat Chen, which means a female ibex of favor. Ya'alat Chen means to uplift the favor. It's to put favor on someone's face, to put favor, Ya'alat Chen, that it will uplift favor to a person. A person will become favorable in the eyes of other people. And this is a play on words that Rabbi Nachman is using. That's why he's mentioning this particular passage in Proverbs. Okay, in the Proverbs of the fifth chapter of Proverbs, number 19. Now he says it. He says that this is the Torah, is this beautiful, like this beautiful animal that brings favor, and you become beautiful when you learn Torah, and you learn Torah not as an intellectual exercise, not as chokhmas, not as to, to be a highbrow, to be an intellectual, to look down on other people. No, no, no. And not to, when you learn Torah to become a better person, to get closer to Hashem, this makes you beautiful. And there's no, especially for a man or woman, there's no Gillette or no Helena Rubinstein that can make a person so beautiful as learning Torah. Because this, it gives it, it gives a person claim. This is right at the Gemara. Right. A Reuben says, page 74. That by way of Torah, by way of our Torah, all our prayers are received and all our requests are received. Okay, right now, this is a beginning. This is the first section of Torah Aleph. Next week, we're going to go on to the next section because a whole we're going to switch gears in something new. Don't want to start this now and end in the year. But what we're going to do uh, with Rabbi Volby's permission. Uh, we said that first three quarters hour would be lecture. And now if anyone wants to ask a question, we've got 15 minutes of question and answer time. Anybody is welcome. I I remember hearing regarding uh, the first Torah of, of, of Likutei Maran that there was uh, a discussion about Chain, Chain and Oz that were taken from B'nai Israel and given to the nations until we can get that back. Have you ever heard of that idea? Because it, it, it it's like our grace and our power is not in our hands until we can get it back to us with Mashiach. That's exactly that's exactly what we learned. But okay, once again, though, once again, it's in it's a cultural. Let's explain this as a cultural as the the Torah world and the not Torah world. Okay, for example. Uh, you have like, we, one of the things we learned in our Noahide lessons. Okay, uh, there's a difference between a Noahide that learns Torah because of intellectual exercise, or because he happens to think that this is right for himself, and a Noahide that learns Torah because Moses brought it down on Mount Sinai. Okay, so Noahide that is involved in Amuna and learns Torah because Moses brought it down on Mount Sinai. He is in our side of the fence. On the, on the, uh, the war, and you could see this. I remember when when I was in Midlands talking to family in, in, in Midlands, and I remember one of the girls in the family. Uh, she was ridiculed by the other girls in school because uh, of her modest way of dress. Okay, and it, 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 you could see. So you could see it's not just not just a Jew, and this is what Rebbe Nachman said 
in the introduction that's for everyone in the world. Okay, for everyone in the world. So when we talk about the favor, it is bringing the favor from the high-tech world, politically correct world, the anti-Torah world, where everything is, you know, transgender and transmender and one of the things that things are abominations, but it's also the transgressions of seven Noahide laws, the transgressions of Torahs, all the seven Noahide laws that are Torah, are, are Torah laws. Okay, they're also from Moses of Mount Sinai. And to the favor is the more we involve ourselves in the Torah of Emunah, that we learn Torah not as an intellectual exercise. Torah for us is not astrophysics. Okay, Torah is to get close to Hashem. Now, we can learn astrophysics on the way. If you learn the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah properly, then you learn astrophysics. Okay, if you learn the Gemara and Tractate Sukkah properly, you learn trigonometry and geometry. Okay, this is the Gona Vilna. He never opened up uh, his secular books, but he knew all this. He knew all this. Kramer's law in physics that's still today. Kramer, who's Kramer? That's the Gona Vilna's last name in English. Kramer, Eliyahu Kramer. Okay, Kramer's law was the Gona Vilna. Okay, the Gona Vilna did not go to Heidelberg. Okay, he sat in his home in Vilna and closed the curtains so he wouldn't expose the outside world. And this is what he involved in. So the more we involve ourselves in the Torah of Amun, and this is what Rabbi Nachman is talking about. That's what Rabbi Nachman is talking about. It's not, and we can ask ourselves, wait a second, we've got in America, the UK and Israel, Canada, all over, we've got all these yeshivas and all these koilim and all what's going on. So many people learning Torah. What's going on? How come we're all, we're, how come we're not winning the ball game? Because hmm. uh, you need a different game plan. You need a different play pen. We'd, we'd learn in a different way. Okay? Okay, lovely. Which translation of Likuti Maran would you recommend? You know, it's got obviously the English part in it as well. Uh, I think that the best translation probably is Rabbi Chaim Kramer's translation. And Likuti Moran, maybe one of the, 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 the most knowledgeable people in the world alive today is Rabbi Chaim Kramer. Uh, Okay, but the way I teach, I translate myself this according to the way I see Rabbi Nachman's shot. That this it's something that that this or this is Torah Shabbat, the Torah Shabbat, this is oral Torah. Okay, I wouldn't write it down, but because uh, as we're teaching, we're going into Tehillim, we're going into Gemara, we're going into going all over the place, trying to connect things. And uh, Rabbi Chaim Kramer's Translation is much more succinct. His English vocabulary is much better than mine. Okay. And his and his knowledge of Likute Moran is much better than mine. Okay. But I teach my, my teaching, everything, everything I do is, is emuna, get close to Hashem. It's everything that emuna, emuna, emuna. If if someone wants academically to learn Likute Moran, uh, I don't suggest laser Bodhi. Okay. You're getting up they're better teachers. A better academic teacher. Somebody wants to uh, get close to Hashem. Come on, join me. We'll go together. Okay. Regards to everybody in Manchester, and have a lovely Shabbat. I'll tell you what you do. <laughs> you do this. You open up a book of Psalms, and you read three Psalms. You read three Psalms, and then ask for what you want. Okay. okay. Then ask for what you want. And this is a, that if you read three Psalms and stop and think about what the words mean, okay, learn those yeah. three Psalms. This will be your learning Torah for you, okay? And okay. then you now ask for what you want, and whoosh, that's going to be the engine that'll take your fuselage up in the sky, okay? Awesome. Yes, thank you and so you much. Got my blessing that the Almighty yes. should answer all your heart's wishes for the very best. Warm regards to everybody in Arizona. Thank you so much for the beautiful uh, Shior. So thank, you, Hashem, thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Hi, Moshe, what would you like to ask? So I have two questions. One, question number one is, is there um, is this the first Torah that Rav Nosen Zal heard from Rabbeinu Zal? Is that, it, does it go in sequence, like Torah Aleph is the first one? No, 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 no. It's not, the, it's not the physical sequence. I want to tell you, uh, there are two sets of Torahs. There's a set of Torahs that Rabbi Nachman understood, wrote, wrote uh, what he perceived before he went to Israel. And then after he went to Israel, after once he walked four steps in land of Israel, 
is Rabbi Nachman said about himself. This is this blew it apart. Okay, so the Torah is from Torah Ein Vav seventy six onto about ninety. These are the first Torahs that these are Torahs. The ones we hear now, Torah Aleph, Torah Beit. Next week, uh, after we do Alpha Torah Beit, that's about Mashiach. Torah Gimel. We're going to learn about kosher music. The kosher that the Nigunim. There's not. This really good. Torah Dalad. Torah Dalad. That's a real Amuna Torah. And uh, we learn about the you know, by my book Divine Direction. It talks about Ashkocha Pratis. That's based on. But largely Torah Dalad. And they go, these are all Torahs after uh, at Rabbi Nachman said after he came back from Israel. Okay, so Rabbi Natan, he turned around the order. They're not the same exact order, but you could see in Paul Paraot, uh, you could see in Chaimoran, in, in, in two two books, on Paul Paraot is uh sidelights, sidelights of Rabbi Nachman's Torah, and in the history of a uh, Chaim Oran, what Rabbi Nathan wrote about uh, Rabbi Nachman's life, he talks about which Torahs were written when. Okay, so that you can check that out. All right, but that's in a big scene that there's no no relation to the chronological order that he wrote them. Okay, Moshe. With regards to Hitbaradut, when I do Hitbaradut, I love the gratitude part. That's my favorite. With regards to asking uh, for things. How do you deal with like disappointment of not getting the getting those things? Like, how do you? So I focus more on the gratitude because of the disappointment aspect. So how do okay, I deal with okay. that? Okay, wait a second. Here, let, okay, let me let me t- let me tell you something. All right, we're all little kids. We're all Hashem's kids. All right. Now, little kids like chocolate toffee, right? Okay, five year olds they love chocolate toffee. You see, it show people give the little kids chocolate toffee. Now, if you are a parent and you don't want to let your five-year-old eat chocolate toffee because 15 years down the road, he's going to have two holes, one in his teeth and one in his pocket. Okay. This is going to hurt. Both hurt. They'll equally hurt. So who are you, Moshe? Are you a cruel parent or a loving parent? I say you're a loving parent. Hashem is the same thing. How many people did you know won the Irish lottery or the Israeli lottery, American lottery, and then two weeks later committed suicide? Because all of a sudden they had friends they never knew. And neighbors coming out of the woodwork and people, money, 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 money. Before the guy made a simple living and he had a, he had a bagel and a piece of herring and a cup of beer. And he's happy as a lark. And now, now he's got all these millions of dollars and everybody's trying to get his money. And he's, he's committing, you know, Bukhashem, Bukhashem, this is, you know, one thing I'm glad when 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 I go to when I go to Florida and I go to my my cousins again and Nelly Shev and we sit down we have a a, a a bottle of wine together when I go to David in London a bottle of wine together there's no million dollars on the table then that that would upset it okay they don't have any money I don't have any money good it's great so we just enjoy each other <laughs> it's wonderful it's wonderful you see when a Shem doesn't give us something it's for our own good. Because Hashem knows what will make us happy, what won't make us happy. We're babies. We want the toffee. Okay, but you get the toffee. You're going to pay for it. And I say that the two holes. Okay, remember that. So if something, now that's one explanation, Moshe. The other explanation is maybe Hashem wants you to be stronger. I'll give you an example. You're in a track and field team and you're a high jumper. And you jump so high, okay? And you win a gold medal. I won your gold medal, that's it. No, but if you just miss qualifying for the finals, you got to work harder. If you get the silver medal and you got the guy with it, the gold medal higher on a higher pedestal, you got to work harder. When Hashem doesn't give us what he wants, he wants us to daven harder. He wants us to daven harder. He wants to put more thing. And maybe... I think for Rabbi Nachman explains like this. Rabbi Nachman explains that everything has a spiritual price tag. And it's like going to start, but you go to a Mercedes dealership and you say, I want that new 500 DL. Okay. So for fine, sir. They said it puts $500 on the table. <laughs> and the, the, the dealer, he laughs at you. He said, You can't buy the ashtray in this car. Even the, the $500. Okay, the same thing. People think, oh, the Tashem, they want long life and want a soulmate, one ear. Don't lose heart. 
Don't lose heart. Now, maybe if somebody's asking for a soulmate, Hashem, send me a rich girl. Uh uh-uh, uh, you don't want a rich girl. A girl with a good heart. Our, our new book, the, the, uh, the Bond of Amuna, talks about souls connecting. How many people married for money and then it turned into a nightmare? And you don't want to. If Hashem doesn't give us something, it's either we're asking for the wrong thing or asking for something that's not good for us or we need to ask for more. So if you're asking to get close to Hashem, Hashem, help me have kavonah in prayers. That's definitely good. Definitely good. And Hashem's going to give it to you. Hashem, let me understand my Torah learning. That's definitely good. Hashem, let me do my mitzvahs with more joy. Let me feel the joy of Shabbat. That's definitely good. You're going to get it. Okay, Hashem, uh, let me have a new job. Maybe the new job, you have a worse boss than you have right now. Or maybe in a new job, that you have stress that you don't have now. Maybe it's good for you. Maybe it's not. When we ask for spiritual things, then we get them. We get them. Sooner or later, we get them. And ask for material things. If they're good for us, we get it. And if they're not good for us, okay, then Hashem won't give it to us because he's a loving father and he wants the best for us. Rabbi, thank you so much for the amazing lecture, Baruch Hashem. I have- oh, thank you, Hashem. Baruch Hashem. I have a quick question. So I know one of your lectures, you said that when sometimes we're not ready yet to take on certain mitzvahs, obviously it's kind of like um, uh, lifting a weight that's too heavy and we shouldn't. I, I get that. And I, and I hear what you're saying about what Rabbi Nachman says about serving Hashem with simplicity, you know, and, and, and innocence and joy. Okay. So how do we negotiate like if we know that there are certain technicalities that we have to follow with halacha and we're, you know, we are, we, we want to be with loved ones and, and enjoy maybe learning with them or, or doing anything, you know, pertaining to Shabbat or, or just in, you know, just bringing it all together to the best of our ability. But then we know that, okay, well, we have to say the noten haTorah and we have to wash our hands and say the bracha before we, you know, if we want to involve the other person in the process or, if we want to invite someone over for Shabbat, we know that they're going to be driving and there's a lot of rules and that can cause a person to like freeze and say, you know what? There is no connection. There is no way to bring it all together and integrate and all of us serve Hashem with joy. Uh, here's the thing that you have to pray for also. You have to pray for Hashem to give it wisdom. And to know what what King Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, there's a, a time for this and a time for that, the time for this and a time for that. Now, you talk about that question, whether a person should drive or not to you or not drive to you. You know, we've got right here one of the best Keruv rabbis in the world. You can ask a question to this, Rabbi Ari Volby. And uh, I'm not, I don't want to embarrass him, but that's it. That's a perfect question. For yet, that's the right rabbi for Rabbi Ari Volbi. Uh, rabbi, is it better for me to invite this person to Shabbat if I'm going to drive or not invite this person to drive? Rabbi, should I make any kind of compromise on my Shabbat table and be a little bit heavy? Rabbi, am I allowed to let this person um, eat challah without washing his hands or did, you know, something like this? Uh, Dr. Kim, one by one, I, 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 hear, I hear you. I hear you. Rabbi Nachman answers these questions about that it's not just rote. People think that they're rote because they don't understand them. For example, the nuances of, of anything, nuances of in athletics, the person, a couch potato, doesn't understand the nuances of, of, of a deadlift. <laughs> he doesn't understand about keep maintaining the arch in the back and maintaining his concentration and, and the, the, the keeping his, his head up. It, go explain it to him. So when Rabbi Nachman explains why does a person lift his hand when he washes his hands? Because when we wash our hands, we bring a muna into our hands. <laughs> Rabbi Nachman will explain this. We'll see this later in a subsequent Torah. But as far as compromises for the sake of kiruv, for the sake of happiness, or bringing up a family close, uh, here is the thing. I do not believe, for example, Rabbi Walby could answer it halachically, but in general, you ask me, in general, I don't think for example, if I take in the weight room, let me take off my hat, put on my trainer's costume. All right, if I go in the gym, I'm not going to give any compromise. There's not going to be compromise in a deadlift. Uh, excuse me, you're going to do a deadlift with perfect form. And if you don't do 
lift 20 pounds with perfect form. I'm not going to lift 25 pounds. We're not even talking about 250 pounds. Okay, we start lifting a 20-pound bar, and you're going to lift in perfect form. So the same thing with, with mitzvahs. I don't think compromising on the perfect form, so to say, of a mitzvah is going to bring a person. It's the light of a mitzvah when people see how illuminated we are and this mitzvah brings favor on our face and our face illuminates the divine light as we as we continue learning in, in Torah Aleph and deeper and deeper. This is what will attract them. Because so I think the first thing we should do is work on ourselves. Okay. Thank you. God bless. God bless everybody.